Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Today is our our family Sunday, and uh, so we're going to, Debbie and I are going to be sharing a little bit with you about that. You should have some sermon notes, if our guys, I believe, are passing those out at this time, uh, so you can kind of track with that. And, uh, you know, we all have these, uh, what's this thing called, a, a bitmoji, a, not a bitmoji, what's that called, a bitmoji? Bemoji. So if you created one of those for yourself yet, if not, you are so behind the time, so you got to get you one of those. So that's ours, just saying hello to you right there. Uh, but really what we want to do, today is our, our family Sunday, and we, um, Debbie and I kind of struggled a little bit this week uh, with what to bring. We, we feel like we have talked about a lot of different areas dealing with the family, and so I had to remind her today, this morning, and even last night, and myself again, that number one, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us that there's nothing new under the sun, right? So anything I share with you today is not going to be any new information, especially when you're sticking with Scripture and what have you. It's, it's there. It's always been there. Nothing new that I'm going to share you. Possibly you may hear it for the first time, or possibly you've heard it for years, but it never sank in until today, right? So I just try to remind ourselves that, listen, the reason we're doing this, we're trying to put emphasis on the family on the second Sunday of every month. If you remember, this is something the Lord laid on my heart back in the fall of last year because I realized that our church is only going to be as strong as the weakest family that attends and is part of the church, right? Just like a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Well, the same is true of the church, and I want our church to be strong. So therefore, I really felt impressed with the Lord to take the second Sunday of every month and stop in the middle of whatever sermon series that we're in and just focus on the family. So we've covered a lot of different topics on these family Sundays. Uh, we've covered uh, marriage. We've covered parenting. We've covered finances. And by the way, I don't know if you ladies made it to the ladies seminar or ladies outing this past um, month, a week or so ago. But Debbie and Kristen both taught on that. And that's some amazing practical areas dealing with finances. And so, you know, we've tried to unpack that a little bit. I have a direction that I shared with her this morning that I want us to go maybe for, for next month. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But today we want to talk about, you should have your sermon notes. I don't even have a copy with me today. Uh, you should have your sermon notes. Do we have an extra one? Maybe someone can hand me just so I can remember what I put in there for you. Awesome. Thank you, Renal. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I have the scripture in there for you. I can't ever remember whenever I create these exactly what I have in your, in your notes there. Uh, but we're going to be talking about a balanced family. That's really the, the essence of what we're going to be speaking about today. And this is going to encompass really one of our life verses for our family 
and I've even shared this verse with you numerous times in the past, but it really, it really unpacks for us four major areas in our life that we need to pay attention to if we're going to have balance. Now, this, this can apply to your individual life as well as the family. Um, we have, as in raising our kids, and even before we had kids, this verse meant a lot to us as, as a family, as a couple, and then as we were raising our children. And it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and verse number 52. So Luke, chapter 2, verse 52. If you have your Bibles turned there, if not, it'll be on the screen for you, and you'll be able to see it there. And uh, if you're following along in our service, there's the little icon that's coming out you should be receiving that on your electronic device you push it and it'll take you straight to that passage of scripture so before we get any further in our in our message and our lesson today uh just let, let's go to the lord in prayer and then we just want to start unpacking a little bit of this verse together with you lord we thank you for our time together today and uh, lord i just pray that you direct our thoughts and our words and help us to say exactly what it is that you would have us to say, help us to deliver it in the manner that you would have it delivered today so that someone that's here today could receive your word, could receive encouragement, could receive a blessing, that we could help establish and build stronger families within the Victory Church family. And Lord, I just pray that, that you minister through your word today, you minister through us, help People see you, help us see the word, and not necessarily John and Debbie. We're just your mouthpiece. We're just your instruments. And I just pray you continue to use us for the upbuild of your kingdom. Bless each one that's here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Passage of Scripture I want to deal with, first of all, is in Luke chapter number 2. Now, let me see if I can start unpacking this a little bit for you here. Luke chapter number 2 is an amazing chapter, right? Most of the time, you go to Luke chapter number 2 at Christmas, right? And there you'll see the the traditional Christmas story in Luke chapter number 2 about the birth of Jesus. Uh, You'll see uh, how the angelic choir was singing, glory to God in the highest. And we go there often. But oftentimes, we miss out on the latter part of Luke chapter number 2 because we don't hang around there long enough unless we intentionally work our way through it. So as you look through the scripture in Luke chapter number 2, first of all, you'll see Simeon's uh, prophetic praise there in verses 25 and following where he was promised by the Lord that he would not see death until he set his eyes on the Lord's Messiah. And whenever Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to the temple complex, he recognized him and knew that this was the Messiah. And that's a great passage of Scripture there. You'll find Anna's testimony in the latter part of verses number 36 and following. But then I want you to pay attention. I want you to look in verse number 39. The family now is returning. They've completed everything according to the law of the land. And now they have returned to Galilee to their to their hometown or their own town of Nazareth. Now, look at verse 40, and I don't have this on there, Charlie. Just stay where you are. Verse number 40 says, The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. You come on down through. Look at verse 41. Every year, how often, church? Every year, his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Jewish or the, for the Passover festival. So every single year, they were doing what God had called them to do to go and travel up to Jerusalem. They lose him one time when he's there, right? Every year they're doing this. Uh, they lose him one time. They come back and find him. Matter of fact, scripture says they're a day's journey away and they look around like, where's Jesus? Right? Where'd he go? 
When they went back to look for him, and they found him in the temple complex, and there he is listening to the scholars and teaching and using uh, just amazing answering questions and asking questions, and they were astounded with his knowledge. Have you ever lost your child? Yeah? Yeah, we've lost. I remember Tyler was young, and we lost him in Gatlinburg, and I went flying up and down the side the sidewalk, and it was packed with people. I bet I ran two or three blocks both directions and come to find out the booth of the restaurant that we were sitting in. He was just on the other side behind a sign, and I had no idea where he was. It freaked me out, right? Freaked us both out when we lost him. I've had folks in church leave their children asleep, not so much here in these chairs because they're really not comfortable to sleep in. However, I've seen some of you knock it out of the park in that area. <laughs> right? But they're really not comfortable. I don't know how in the world you do it, but back in the day when we had church pews, I would see parents walk out the door and leave their kid asleep on the church pew and come back in right before we locked up the door, got to the car and realized they left whoever it was they're sleeping. Remember, that happened several times in the past. Same thing happened in Scripture. They got a day's journey away and realized that Jesus wasn't there and went back and they found him. I think that's pretty amazing Scripture. I want you to get down to verse number 51 and 52. It says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. Look at verse 52. This is the verse. Okay? And Jesus increased... In wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God, and with man, or with people. Jesus increased in these four areas. He increased in wisdom, that's his intellect. He increased in stature, that's his physical being. He increased in favor with God, that's his spiritual And he increased in favor with man or with people. That's his social. Four areas. Four pillars of growth. That scripture says that Jesus increased in these four areas. Now, most of you know that we homeschooled our kids. Uh, Tyler, up through the eighth grade, we homeschooled him and he went into Muscoota High School in the, into the ninth grade and graduated from there. Kristen, we homeschooled from day one all the way up through, and she went in in the sixth grade through fifth grade. She went into public school in the sixth grade. But the reason we homeschooled wasn't, listen, it wasn't because we're anti-government. It wasn't because we felt Muscoota School District. Matter of fact, we were doing it before we moved to Muscoota. It's not because we didn't feel the school district was worthy of our children. We really homeschooled our kids because we felt a tremendous responsibility to pour and lay the foundation in our home and even in our children's life in these four areas, okay? With their intellect, with their spiritual life, with their social life, and their physical life. We felt a tremendous amount of responsibility to lay the foundation in the life of our children and in our family on these four primary areas. And then once we felt the foundation had been laid, then at the appropriate time, and, and for us, that was just a God thing. We just, we just knew it was now time for them to go into the public school system, and we pl- let them go in at that time. Because here's our thought process on that. 
We felt we had laid the foundation. They can't stay in mom and daddy's house forever. Are you with me? At some point, they've got to get out there and put into practice what we felt we had laid as far as their foundation. And here's why we wanted to do it in high school or in public school versus going away to college. If we put them in school and they mess up, they're still under our roof where we can correct it. Okay? Instead of them going away and experiencing the public world in college and straight from the kitchen table straight to college, we just felt that was a, a big jump. Now, that's just for us. Now, here's what I'm, I'm not saying. I am not saying you have to homeschool your kids. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that as a parent, it's your responsibility to pay attention to these four areas in the life of your children and in your home and be sure that you're building a good foundation in your home. And the key word is that you balance all four of these. And that's the challenge. That's the hard part. You get it? Good, okay? Just want to make sure you... So we're trying to lay the premise for what we want to share with you here whenever we talk about balance. Now, everything has balance. I mean, if, if it doesn't have balance, then it's unhealthy or it's sick. I mean, you think about nature. Nature is balance. Think about our universe and our world, if you will, the, the earth. And, and I'm not, I don't have these numbers memorized. There may be some of you out there that do, but I don't know what the tilt of the axes are. But I do know that if they were one degree off either way, either we would freeze to death or we would burn up from the sun. There's balance in the earth and in the universe, right? You think about all this going on with nature. There's balance there in order for it to be successful. You think also about architect. You think about the buildings that are built. And you think about the architect that is designing those. You know what he's doing or she? They are balancing out that structure so that it stays solid and safe for us to move around in. There's got to be balance even in that particular area. You think about our body. Our body has to have balance. When the body is out of balance, that's called we're being sick, right? Or we are sick. Something is wrong when something gets out of balance. Well, the same is true in the home. The home has got to have some balance. And whenever I say, it's not enough for me just to get up here and say, hey, go home and get your house in order and get it balanced. Well, we need to know what areas we need to pay attention to. And I think Luke 2, Luke 2.52 gives us four good, solid areas that says that Jesus increased in these areas. Here are four good, solid areas for us to pay attention to as we are building our family. So, you got your sermon notes? Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to share with you four steps on having a balanced family, okay? And we're going to inject some things here and, and just really try to be an encouragement to you today and a blessing to you today about some of the things that we want to share whenever it comes to being balanced, okay? Number one is what I want you to see is that when we are not balanced, is this in your sermon notes? I lost my sermon notes. Yes, when we are not balanced, I want you to know there's a couple things that are going to happen. Number one is frustration, and number two is fatigue. Frustration and fatigue. Write those two things down. Now, as you're writing that down, let me share with you a quote 
by Dr. Howard Hendricks, and he said this. He said, a lot of people's lives are like poor photographs, overexposed and underdeveloped. Overexposed and underdeveloped. A lot of our lives are like that, right? We're overexposed. We're too busy. We're, we don't have time on the schedule for anything. We're just running on thin ice. You ever feel like that from time to time? What in the world has happened to our time? What has happened to our days? What is, what is happening? So we're overexposed in a lot of areas, and that's going to lead to two things. Number one is frustration, and number two is fatigue. How many remembers the, um, I, think it, I think I first saw it years ago on one of the old late-night TV shows. And you remember the, when I was a boy, I remember seeing this. You remember the guy that came out, and maybe it was the Ed Sullivan show. I don't, I don't remember what show it was. Remember the guy that came out, and he had these sticks, and he had these plates, and he was spinning these plates on this stick. Have you, you seen that? And he gets the first one spinning, and it's just doing great, and he walks away from that one. He puts another stick down, another plate, and he gets that one spinning, and he walks away, and he gets a third one, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth. And by the time he gets on down the line, he looks back, and then number one's wobbling. Right? So it's about to fall off. So it has to run back down and spin it. And then number two, and go back through it again. Go, then go down and get some more. That's what our lives look like a, a lot of times. We're so busy doing all these other things that we can't keep the plate spinning on the stick like we should. And it winds up falling and crashing and burning and breaking and the such. And a lot of families wind up like that. Simply because their life is out of balance and it leads to frustration, and it leads to fatigue. So let's look, number one, the very first thing I want okay, you to see. Let me, let me play off of that just a little bit. Some things will happen when we're not ba- balanced, when we don't have boundaries in our lives. You know, in our physical world out here, we have fences around our yards. We have, um, we have landscape to kind of fence in our yards to have boundaries. Well, in our personal lives, we also need boundaries to keep us balanced, okay? So um, you want to set up boundaries of what is going to be coming into your house and so you're not overexposed. And today in, with the world of social media, we are so, it's so easy to overexpose what our families are in, inside. We see everything about everybody. I know John was talking about, you know, have you get, seen the thing about on Gilligan's Island where the professor made this potion, and he took it, everybody took it, and everybody could know what everybody was thinking. And there was only seven people on the island, but they were ready to kill each other by the end of that episode because they knew what everybody was thinking about everybody all the time. We do not need to know everything that's going on in your home every second of the day. You don't want to overexpose your family. Put some boundaries around what you're going to expose about your family. Does that make sense? It's not fair. And I'm just going to I'm just going to talk to you about your kids. It is not fair to your kids for you to post on Facebook every time they get into trouble. How would you like for your right there being a good spot to say amen or oh me? Yeah. I mean, I just think about myself. I make mistakes all the time, but I do not want John to post my mistakes on Facebook. Okay? So put yourself in your children's shoes. Don't 
like if they get in trouble and they are grounded. Joey came home late, wasn't supposed to be here. Okay, he's grounded. And then put it on Facebook for everybody else to see that your kid's grounded. That's just not fair. That is tearing your child's self-esteem down. Okay? So guard. Put boundaries up. Don't let everybody know what's going on in your children's lives. You know what? I'm going to tell you what I saw on Facebook just last week. My heart was crushed for this child. And it's a little child. But this mom was so happy that she's potty training. She took a picture of the baby on the toilet And put it on Facebook. Oh, yay, she went to the potty. That is so not fair. Don't do that kind of stuff. Put boundaries around. Protect your children. Protect your spouse. Just put boundaries around, and then that will help you to keep from being overexposed. Think about what you're posting, okay? That's a little mama advice there, okay? All right, so being overexposed leads to frustration and it leads to fatigue. Let's look now at these four areas that I want us to pay attention to that will help us to be balanced, okay? Now, in these four areas that I'm going to mention, we've got to find balance in all of those. And I know a lot of times we've been around churchy people and sometimes they lose balance even in their spiritual life. In the spiritual realm as well, there must be balance. Are you with me? Okay. So the first one I want to talk about is mental or intellectual balance. Scripture says in Luke 2 in verse number 52 that Jesus increased in what? Wisdom. He grew in wisdom. That's that mental balance. So here's what I want to talk about right here. It's important in our individual lives as well as within our family that we guard the eye gate, that we guard the ear gate, that we pay attention to what it is we're feeding our mind, to what it is we are thinking on, to what it is we are studying, to what it is we're reading, to what it is we're indulging our mind with. Because if we're not careful, we can get on the wrong track mentally, right, intellectually, as far as Jesus increasing in wisdom, that's the area it's talking about. Listen to Romans 12 in verse number 2. I believe I have the slide for you. Romans 12 in verse 2 says, But do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Be transformed by what? By your mind. Not transformed by your willpower. It's not transformed by working hard. It's transformation takes place in and through your mind. So, guys, it's important that we pay attention what we're feeding the mind. Things that we are thinking about. Things that we are reading. Things that we are indulging ourselves with. We must have balance in that area. Proverbs 23 and verse number 7 says, As a man thinks... In his heart, so is he. Okay? So as we think in our hearts. Before I turn over to Debbie, I know she's got something she wants to say on this. Let me share this thought with you. Understanding the value of good thinking. Listen to this. Everything begins with a thought. Right? Everything begins with a thought. What we think about determines who we are. Who we are determines what we do. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Our destiny determines our legacy. 
And it's the legacy that we're leaving behind for our children and our grandchildren. And it all begins and starts with the thought life. Wow, that's powerful, is it not? We've got to be careful and we must guard our minds. We must grow. I believe part of the responsibility as parents is that she was talking about boundaries. I'm going to let her unpack that more in just a moment. But that we build those boundaries even around our children's thinking and what it is that they're seeing and reading and what they're, what they're studying and things they're involved with. I think also it's important that we are always learning. Right? I don't think we ever get to the place in our life where we know it all. We should always be learning. Matter of fact, John Maxwell says that if you stop learning, you stop leading, right? So we never get to the place where we know everything there is about everything. I love to learn something new. I even love to be challenged on things that I think I know. And folks will come to me with a question. And I'm okay with saying, you know, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. But I promise you together we will go discover the answer to that. I have no problem with that. Why? Because I'm the first one to tell you I don't know everything there is to know about every subject. But I'm eager to learn and study and read. We just got to be careful what it is that we're going to read on. Yes, and in protecting that mental balance... We have got to guard against fatigue, and he mentioned that just a minute ago. And when I when I think about this, I'm gonna I want to sh- just draw you a picture here. I think of just picture a big tree with lots of leaves on it, and these lots of leaves are soccer, ballet. Um, what else do you guys do? Uh, what else? Base, so, what baseball, is baseball, football. Uh, I'm what are you, what are you adults baseball, do? Football, cheerleading, cheerleading, well, everything. All, Civic all, center, basketball. All of this, all of this is the leaves on this tree. And then this is in September, October. A big snowstorm comes, and or ice, and then those it gets heavy on the, all of those leaves, and then it, the ice freezes on those tree, and then the the leaves and the trees break. You know, from the weight of all of that, we can't keep running and running and running and running and never stopping to shake off all that stuff so our leaves don't get our, our leaves don't break. You can't keep running under that kind of pressure and you know think you're going to stay healthy and maintain a balance. Okay, I remember Kristen used to be a nanny years ago. She would pick these kids up from school, and every single day they had everything planned. I mean, soccer. I mean, they had three or four things every afternoon that she had to get these kids to. Get them at home, feed them lunch, get them bathed, get them ready for bed before mom and them got home. Then they only had just a few minutes to spend with these kids. Kristen was, are you tired from listening to all of that that they had to do every single day? Can you imagine these kids? It's okay for your kids to be quiet and silent for just a little bit. Or have an evening okay? free. Or have right? an evening free. It is totally okay. You've got to find a balance so your kids can be healthy. You need to spend time with your kids. Okay? You need to find quiet things that you can do with your kids and to have that balance. Or your kids are going to break. They can't keep up that pace. And what are you teaching your kids? It means they're going to be running this rat race their whole life. They're not going to know how to slow down, how to enjoy the little things in life. Okay? Does that make sense? 
Okay. Let me just add to that, talking about the, the mental. I think, I think as parents, I think it's important that we know what our children are reading. Now, I realize that, that we didn't raise our kids, our kids in the era of social media. You know, our kids weren't raised with a tablet or, or social media, and I don't even know what year all that came in, but we didn't have to fight that battle. However, we knew exactly what TV shows they were watching. We knew what movies we were allowing into the home. We knew what music we were allowing our kids to listen to. We filtered all of that. It came through mom and dad before it got to our kids. And when we did have a computer, now, we, look, our, our very first family computer, we bought at Sears and Roebuck, and it was a compact presario. You guys remember that? And it had the, the dial-in analog modem, and you had the AOL disk that we got in the mail. We plugged that thing in. You guys remember that? That was our very first one. That was our family computer, and we sat it on the – it sat in the living room, and we had that thing for, for years, and it was a dinosaur. I mean, it's soup compared to today, right? But even then – we did not allow our kids, and a lot of our kids, their parents were allowing them to have a computer, a desktop, and take it into their bedrooms, and there they could work or study or do whatever it is that, that they were doing. We, we didn't allow our kids to be involved in that at a young age, right? Because we felt it was our responsibility to guard that. That stayed in, in the middle, right? That stayed in the living room for us to expose that. So we got to pay attention and put the safeguards in place for what our kids are exposed to and what it is that they're doing, okay? So we've got to have this mental balance. Second thing I want you to see, not only must we have mental balance, but secondly, we must have physical balance. Jump that one down if you will. We've got to have physical balance. Scripture says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in what? Stature. Physically, he increased. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says, and I have the passage for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 20. It says that you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your what? With your body, right? Glorify God with your body. Scripture also teaches us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So we need to have some disciplines in place, some safeguards in place, some balance in place, even with the physical aspect of our bodies, because they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything there? No. Mm -hmm. All right. So, matter of fact, I do have something there. I remember uh, a cartoon character of uh, Charlie Brown and Linus and those guys, and they were all playing football or baseball, and and they hit a, they, you know, Charlie was always the pitcher, and he, they hit a pop fly, and it went out to, to center field, and Lucy's running for it, and the ball goes over her head, and she turns around to Chuck, she called him Chuck, and she said, Chuck, sorry about that, said, my body just doesn't seem to want to do what my brain is telling it to do. And of course, Charlie Brown replies back to her, and he says, I can understand that, my body and brain haven't spoken in years, Right? So the point is, we've got to pay attention to the well-being, to the physical well-being of our bodies. Now, with this, you've got to have balance as well. I see people that go to the degree of worshiping their body, and that is not what we're talking about whatsoever. We're talking about being a good steward of our bodies. We're talking about trying to eat healthy and eat right and, and exercise and just be a good steward of our bodies. Does that make sense? The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and he increased in stature. The third thing I want you to see is this, 
that he increased spiritually. You have something? Fourth thing, this. Four steps to having a balanced body is spiritual balance. Now, it is important that we are growing spiritually. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18 says, But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are obligated, we are commanded in Scripture that we grow spiritually. That we're growing in the grace and we're growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is imperative that we're doing that as a family, that we're overseeing that with our children, that we're growing spiritually. Are you with me? Okay. This is a question that we got from one of you guys, and we try we tried to incorporate some of the questions that we get from you guys into this stuff. But this is one that was sent to us. How did we teach about the Bible to our kids when they were younger? And you have to choose age appropriate things, okay? So from um, like like say for Christmas when we were doing the 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 Christmas play, and we had all of these little kids back here. Well, Mandy and I we put together this booklet of papers that told the birth of Christ all the way up through what we were doing and every every week that we were practicing the Christmas play we would color one of those papers and we would tell that story okay and so then we would every day every time we get together we would add to it and then by the end we stapled that booklet together and then those kids as even as little as they could could tell you the story the whole birth that we had taught them just because they were coloring papers and, you know, we was teaching that story. So you have to pick something that's age appropriate. You're not, you can't sit down and start preaching to a little kid at that age. But then once they get bigger, you can do fun things. Um, I won't put Tyler on the spot, but we used to have these fun, uh, we used to play this game. Who can say the books of the Bible the fastest and we would time it? Tyler, you want to try? No, <laughs> it's been years, but we got it down to where seconds, we could just rattle them off in seconds, and we would race to, to see who could say the books of the Bible the, the fastest, and that, was, and that was at that age, and then we'd play popcorn scripture, and I know you've done this with the youth group, where you, like, if whatever you're teaching, you already know your scriptures, you, you give out a yell out of scripture, and they have to have their Bible, and then they have to, they have to find it real fast, and then they stand up real fast and read the scripture that they found. We were teaching scripture, but they were having fun with it. You have to be creative and find fun ways that you can teach, teach Bible lessons. And there's all kinds of literature out there that you just have to search and find um, things that's age appropriate. Okay? Okay, so we're talking about the mental, we're talking about the intellectual balance, we're talking about the physical balance, we're talking about spiritual balance. Let, let me say this right here. It is important that we as parents, especially when our ch- children are smaller, <clears throat> When they get older, they're kind of going to do their thing when they become teenagers or or living outside the home. But when they're in the home, it is important that we are instilling biblical principles and biblical values into the heart and into the life of our children. It is important that we're helping them to grow spiritually. It's important that we're sharing the gospel with them. It's important that we're teaching God's word to them. It's important that we're bringing them with us to church, right? I wonder how many parents out there get up on Monday morning and ask their children if they would like to go to school on Monday morning, right? Most of the time, I don't know of a parent that asks their children if they would like to go to school on Sunday morning. They're like, get up. It's Monday. You're going to school, right? It's Tuesday. Get up. You're going to school. But then when Sunday comes around, and I've had parents tell this to me, they say, you know what? I just don't want to push religion on to my kids, 
I want them to discover that for themselves. I want them to just grow into that. Well, let me tell you something. That's trouble well on the way, right? You don't give them that option about going to school on Monday morning. You shouldn't give them that option about going to church on Sunday. I mean, I never, we never ask our kids, would you like to go to church today? Ever. We said, it's Sunday, right? It reminds me of the, um, you guys remember uh, the Little Rascals back in the day? You remember Spanky? Now, Spanky hated going to school, and he laid down in bed, and his mom had to holler all the time, Spanky, and she's Spanky, you know, the, the old show. And he would stay there covered up. She's like, Spanky, and he's just laying there. Spanky, he's like, Mom, I don't want to go to school today. She said, Spanky. Today's not Friday. Today is Saturday. He kicked the covers up, sat up in bed. Saturday! And he jumped up and ran out to be with the gang, right? We should feel that way on Sunday morning. It's Sunday. We're going to church today. We get to go worship today. We get to go study God's Word today. We get to be around other believers today. So you've got to instill that in the heart of your family and in the life of your children that it's not an option. It's, it's what we do. Now, back in the day, we raised our kids in Sunday school. We had Sunday school. The culture has kind of changed a little bit. Church has kind of changed a little bit. But there's some things that, that we had our kids in because, boom, we want you to hear God's Word. We want you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Word of God. There's a lot of folks that grow in the knowledge of God's Word, but they do not grow in the grace of God's Word. They have head knowledge of God's Word, but they don't have heart knowledge of God's Word. They know what God's Word says, but they're not living it out on a daily basis. That's the grace, growing in the grace and the spiritual maturity and the nurturing of the Lord. We've got to be growing in those areas, okay? So that's the third area. And the fourth one I want you to get is social. It says that Jesus increased in favor with God and in favor with man. We need to have social balance in our family. So in other words, we've got to teach our children how to interact and build relationships with one another. We also, listen to what Romans 12 says. Romans 12 and verse number 16 says this. It says, be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. And if if that possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. So we should strive to be people that are social people and that can live at peace with everyone, right? That's what Scripture is teaching us there about building relationships. I remember when, now let's put this in the parenting realm of it. I remember when our kids were small, and of course we grew up in church, and, and I've been pastoring for 28 years or so now, and so all our kids know our church. But when they were small, obviously when I go to church, I'm having conversations with everyone, and Debbie's having conversations with everyone. And when they were smaller, they knew they just couldn't come up and run in and jump right in the middle of it and scream out whatever it was that they needed. Now they tried that a few times, Right? Your kids have probably tried that a few times, but they need to be taught then how they're to handle themselves in a social environment around other adults. And I remember our kids were small, and we had them around the table with other adults, 
And although we homeschooled our kids, they knew how to carry on adult conversations with, with other adults at the table. Why? Because we taught them that. So I think it's important that we teach our kids how to grow in favor with man, how to live sociably with all men, how, how to handle disagreements, how to oppose things. And that's what the Scripture is talking about in Romans chapter 12, that if at all possible, as far as what we're on our end of it, live at peace with all men and pay attention to the social part of it. you have anything there, Miss Cannon? No, just I want to reiterate that on, on your part, do your live your at peace with everyone. You've got to do your part. OK, uh, you can't help how other people act. You can you're only responsible for yourself and how you act. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes people are just not going to be good to you. And sometimes you just have to, okay, I can't keep, keep coming back in this relationship. You have to worry about yourself and you have to, your reactions are what you're going to have to give an account for. So do your part. You live what you do, what, what is right. No matter how they act, you have to give an account for yourself. So whatever they're doing, you just got to get past that. Do what's best, and you do what's right, and that's how it has to play out. All right, let me so. give you these three final steps real quick. And, Tyler, I want you and the band come on up. I'm going to be done. I'm going to hit these really quick for you. This is putting it into practice, okay? This is putting what we've talked about, having balance in our family, into practice. You may be asking, how in the world do we do this? Number one, take inventory. You just have to evaluate your life. You've got to look deep within inside yourself. Proverbs 14 and verse 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So if we want to be wise, then we've got to stop and give thought to our ways. So we've got to do an inventory. We've got to evaluate ourselves. So moms and dads, evaluate yourself first. Do you have balance personally, individually in these four areas? If not, then that's where it's got to start. Then secondly, look a little farther and do some inventory of the family. Are my kids balanced in these areas? Are we paying attention to these four primary areas in the life of our children and in the life of our family? And then you may think, well, my kids are grown and I have the grandkids now. Pay attention to it there. Bring them up in those four areas, in those four areas of value. The second thing is not only take inventory, but number two, we've got to write down a plan of action. As you're taking inventory at your life and looking at areas that the Holy Spirit may have fingered around in that you need to pay attention to, you need to jot those things down. Put together a plan of action. What can your family do to increase maybe in the area of spiritual maturity? What can your family do to increase maybe in the area of growing in favor social? with man or physically or intellectually mentally these four areas that we talked about and write down a plan of action and then number three and right here's the most important one we must establish christ at the center of our life and at the center of our family and work on our relationship with him if we do that all these other pieces will fall into place you can't do this without the lord jesus christ you've got to know him as your personal Lord and Savior and live out and grow in that relationship. Get it? All right, let's pray together. Wait a minute, I said one more thing. I would just say it's very important that you guys as a, a spouse and your spouses sit down weekly and evaluate what you've got going on. Your finances, your calendar, your schedules, what the kids are doing. Get, you guys need to be on the same page before your week starts. Okay? okay. All right, let's pray.
Father, we thank you for our time together today. And Lord, our prayer is that we've been an encouragement to someone. Help us to know that all these things we've said and we've spoken, the only way we can do these is when we have a relationship with you. Father, you are the most important thing in everything that's been said today. Help us to have that relationship. Help us to know you as our personal Lord and Savior. And Father, I pray for our families today that you help us to be balanced. Scripture says that Jesus increased in wisdom. He increased in in stature. He increased in favor with God. And he increased in favor with man. These four areas he grew in. Lord, I think it's important that we pay attention in our lives. That we grow in these four areas. That our family grows in these four areas. We ask your blessings on every family that's here. We want to worship you and thank you for being a great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.